Hello and welcome to The Pig Edge, Chagas Pig Podcast with me, Kieran Carl, bringing you all the latest news, information and advice to keep Irish pig farmers up to date. And for this episode, we're looking at environmental sustainability of pig production and the value of pig slurry with Jared McCutcheon, Specialist Pig Development Officer with Chagas. And I first asked Jared, why is sustainability becoming more important in the world we live in today? If we stand back a little bit and look at the world population, uh, in 1960, the world population was 3 billion people. And today, as it currently stands, we're just over 8 billion. And it looks like at, in 2050 that the world population will be 9 billion. So within that space of you know 90 years, the world population has tripled. And that's really over the course of our lifetime. So um, as the world population is increasing, Obviously, um, you know that that's a good thing if you're if you're selling food in that you have a higher market for it. But the resources uh, with which to produce that food, uh, you know, haven't increased hugely. So technology and capability really is what is what you're you're looking at. And people are obviously are concerned about climate change as well. Um, and is is human the human population rise is that affecting the climate change? That's one question. Um, and also the production systems that we have are we uh, having a negative effect on the on the environment so that's that all of that is coming into the sustainability uh, uh, question and obviously people are a lot more conscious now when they go and buy uh, anything in the shop they're you're starting to question what's the carbon footprint of uh, you know this this item whether it's a pair of shoes whether it's your flight, let's say, on, on holidays, we're starting to see more uh, environmental cr- credentials. And in looking at those environmental cr- credentials, people are starting to, to look at the sustainability of uh, processes. Okay. And could you give us then a breakdown of you know, what sustainable areas are important for businesses today? Yeah. Often when they talk about sustainability, they talk about three pillars of sustainability. You have the economic sustainability, you have the environmental sustainability, and you have social sustainability. And if we look at the economic sustainability, we talk about whether a process is profitable, because obviously, um, and I suppose if we confine ourselves to the production of, of food and specifically pig meat, you know, unless pig meat production is profitable, you're not going to have anyone to produce produce it in the long term. So it's not going to be sustainable in the long term. If we look at the environmental sustainability, you're also looking at what environmental resources uh, a system may be affecting. And again, if it's having a detrimental effect on the environment, then the risk is that, uh, you know, we may be running out of time in terms of those resources being available to us in the longer term. So we have to be very conscious of the environmental sustainability of any system or or, uh, operation. And then social sustainability is really whether uh, society at large sees the system of production as being acceptable, socially acceptable or not. And often the environment, uh, the, the economic, environmental and social sustainability are talked about as the three P's, which is uh, environmental uh, would be the planet, uh, the economic social, uh, uh, sorry, the economic sustainability is uh, the profitability and the social sustainability is the uh, people. So people, planet and uh, profit are the three P's. 
And all of you know those parameters are looking at the system of uh, production and society at large is probably a, a lot more questioning questioning now as to uh, you know do we want these systems of production if we feel they are having um, you know a, a good effect or, or a negative effect in each of those areas, particularly in terms of social acceptability and environmental responsibility. Okay, and what sort of, what's been going on? What work has been done or is is ongoing to prove the sustainability credentials of the pig meat sector? Back in 2016, we within the pigs, pig development department, we uh, talked with Board Bia, and Board Bia brought in the Carbon Trust, and between the three of us, we looked at uh, developing a model of the uh, carbon footprint of pig meat production. And when we talk about the carbon footprint, we really are focusing on the environmental sustainability of the system. And the carbon footprint is looking at the amount of carbon uh, dioxide equivalent. So we, we hear a lot about greenhouse gas emissions uh, and the effect that they may have on climate change. The gases, the greenhouse gases that we uh, are concerned about uh, are the methane, the nitrous oxide and the carbon dioxide that are coming uh, from any production system. And the methane and the nitrous oxide are generally um, converted in, in, into carbon dioxide equivalents. So when we talk about the carbon footprint, what we're really talking about is the carbon dioxide equivalent of uh, producing any item. So within the pig uh, meat production system, we are really trying to, by developing the model, we're looking at um, the carbon footprint of producing a kilo of pig meat. Okay, so you've developed a kind of a calculator to calculate that. How how can farmers uh, engage and find out about, you know, the carbon footprint of their own production system? I suppose, Kieran, the biggest point that I would see on this is that we hear all about the, the targets that are there for agriculture to reduce its carbon uh, greenhouse gas emissions by 25%. Within, you know, when you hear very broad figures like that, it's very difficult to figure how do I, as an individual farmer, fit into that overall picture. And that, that's the purpose, really, of developing these models, to actually help people understand the process of what they're doing and how they may uh, reduce the impacts that they may have. So in, in for any pig farmer, um, I, I would say the first thing that they would do is talk to their Chagask advisor and look at how um, or, or look at what the the um, factors are. So each Chagask advisor on the pig side of things has an input sheet that can be populated quite simply if they're keeping records with uh, Chagask on the profit monitor system, those figures, uh, half of the figures will be compiled and the other figures will be um, figures that they may have to compile for the EPA, the annual environmental report for the EPA. And the other uh, figures will relate to the feed ingredients that they're using in their diets. So um, by the, the first thing I would, I would recommend to anyone that's thinking of getting involved in this, and this is voluntary, let's say, a voluntary process this year, but I think it's worthwhile getting involved, figuring out, well, what is my carbon footprint? And then starting to see, well, if I, if I make certain changes on my farm, then uh, I can reduce the carbon footprint. And I'm not saying that people have to go and make those changes, 
But it is important that as a sector and, a, and an industry, we understand the carbon footprint of what we're doing. And secondly, by improving efficiency on, the, on, on our farms, we can probably reduce the, the carbon footprint of uh, the, the system as well. So it's not, this is, this is probably, if we, if we stand back from it a little, a little bit, it's more about using resources more efficiently and, um, you know, so that that will improve the overall profitability of, of our operation as well. So it's not a negative thing that we should look at and, and be fearful of. It's more a question, I think, of getting involved, understanding what our carbon footprint is, and then trying to benchmark ourselves against other producers and against ourselves so that each year we look at our carbon footprint and we say, OK, this is our fig- this is the figure we achieved last year. But can we improve on that next year? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's well worth emphasising that, it, you know, encourage farmers to get involved and figure out what their carbon footprint is. We know the carbon footprint of pig production is low, but, you know, we, we need to be doing our bit and to be seen to be doing our bit, I suppose, is important as well. Uh, you, you mentioned resources and things like that there. Ger, what are the main areas that, you know, farmers can look at or improve, you know, their carbon footprint with? What areas should they be focusing on? When, we, when we've done one or two of these reports, the, the one area that's coming back is the carbon footprint of the the feed ingredients that people are using. And if we're honest, the biggest component of that is the carbon footprint of the protein source, which in pig production is largely uh, soya. So that carries a high uh, carbon uh, footprint and contributes to the the overall uh, carbon footprint of our production system. So I think you know, for every individual, it's very difficult to figure, well, okay, what's my carbon footprint? Am I better or worse than the, the average? But this system I, I, um, will start that process of discussion and education for all of us as we, as we go through and go on this journey, because ultimately, um, I, I would be more f- afraid that if we don't engage in this, we, you know, time will, will force us to do it. So we're better off being involved from the start educating ourselves, understanding how we how we uh, fit into the picture and trying to make improvements that are sensible improvements, you know. Um, so the, the biggest issue there is what, what you know, for, for the couple of reports that I have done so far, uh, it's coming out as the soya component of, of our diets. That's, you know, that's that's one component. The other areas obviously will be the energy usage on our farm. And again, if we were producing more energy or using more um, renewable energies on our farm, well, then we can improve our carbon footprint on, on, on that side as well. OK, yeah. So there's two, two, key, areas, two key areas really to, to kind of focus on for, for the moment anyway. And, you know, th- that's fine. We get our carbon footprint and all this. How do you see it as being important to the sector? How can that be used uh, for, for in a positive way for the sector? I suppose many ways, Kieran, um, if we take, and, I, and I'm not trying to bombard you with figures, if we if we look back to 1990, the output of pig meat per sow was uh, 1,350 kilos of carcass or of, of pig meat per sow in 1990. In 2021, that figure was over two and a half tons, and the feed conversion in 1990 from weaning to sale was 2.45. Now that's down at 2.39 for a much heavier uh, weight of pig being sold, and that feed efficiency element is um, a very positive or has a very positive uh, impact on reducing the carbon footprint of of the production system. So, you know, while you get involved in this, it's not about something that's going to cost you money. Ultimately, let's say by being more efficient, you can actually um, improve 
the overall system uh, from a profitability point of view. But to answer your question, probably the, the most important aspect that I feel, uh, uh, you know, in, in terms of understanding what the carbon footprint of pig meat is and uh, showing that, let's say, to outside operators is from a marketing point of view, because, you know, we're producing pig meat that has been sold in an open market. And we have to be able to stand over that product and say, look, we are actually working to reduce the carbon footprint rather than saying, look, we, you know, we, we, we know about these carbon footprints, but we're not going to engage in that system. So it is about engaging in the system, trying to reduce it, but using that from a marketing point of view to help promote uh, the product that we're producing here. Very good. Um, and now just to change the subject slightly, Jerry, you know, to move on to, to look at uh, another aspect on, on the environmental side, the pig slurry and, you know, the value of pig slurry. Look, it's it's been a really tough, as we know, a really tough 18 months, 19 months nearly now in pig production. And we've lost uh, farmers, unfortunately. Some farms have, have gone out of, of production. Um, at, at this stage, Jared, how many pig farms are there in the country? Um, there are probably about 260 uh, pig farms throughout the country. And that may be, in, in the region, probably about 210 to 220 sow farms but that with maybe uh, 40 to uh, 50 um, finishing farms associated with those farms. And the the importance of knowing about those farms is that if a farmer has a pig farm near them, uh, that, that those farms would have a supply of pig manure. And the, the positive, whether it's a positive, but certainly it's one at the moment, that um, as a result of fertilizer prices going up, the value uh, of pig pig slurry on farms has gone up uh, substantially as well. And if we take the figures that are that are produced there on the first of February, comparing the value of organic uh, slurries, whether it's cattle manure or pig manure, pig manure is coming out now at at fifty eight euros per thousand gallons, and that's based on current chemical fertilizer prices. So, if a farm a farmer has a pig farm close to them, they should be looking at the uh, idea of importing pig, pig slurry to replace their chemical fertilizer. So each cubic meter, 220 uh, gallons of slurry is worth 12, over 12 euros, or a thousand gallons of pig slurry is worth over 58 uh, euros in, in, in uh, monetary terms. So it's a valuable uh, resource that can be used and can be used very effectively to reduce the chemical uh, chemical fertilizer requirements on farms. Okay, and are there any restrictions on on the use of of pig slurry uh, on pig farms, be it grassland or tillage farms or anything like that? What are the uh, through the new nitrates? Is there any changes or anything like that you could tell us about? Yeah, in the in the nitrates uh, rules that were changed last year, the all all farmers that have an organic stocking rate above one hundred and thirty kilos organic nitrogen per hectare must soil test all of their farm. Now, that means that they they must take a soil test uh, for every 10 acres or four hectares of ground that they hold. And if they don't soil test, the soil phosphorus index of those lands will be index four, which will restrict the amount of phosphorus that they may import in the form of pig manure. So that's one, one message that's very, very important. The other is that if you're a tillage or arable farmer, you must also soil test um, from 2023 onwards. And again, if you don't soil test, 
though all of your lands will be deemed to be index four in 2023 and onwards so it will restrict the amount of phosphorus that you're allowed to use on your farm and obviously if you're going to soil test you should be soil testing now rather than later in the year um to to get the best value out of it and particularly if you intend to import pig slurry onto your farm so that's one one um area that needs needs to be considered by any farmer taking in pig slurry the other area that uh, has changed this year is that all pig slurry must go uh, must be spread with low emissions spreading uh, technologies. So uh, band spreaders or trailing shoe or trailing hose uh, must be used in spreading pig slurry. And again, while that's a, a legal requirement, anyone that has been using the, the low emissions spreading uh, sorry spreading systems before have been very positive about using them because they realize one, you're reducing the, the smell component of, of spreading slurry, uh, but the main one is that you're getting a higher response to the nitrogen um, for your crop, and uh, you've less nitrogen been volatilized off into the atmosphere, more of it is going into the root zone and been used by the crop then to grow. So while it may seem like a bad thing, ultimately it's a good thing from an environmental point of view, and uh, obviously there's less smell around to uh, be a nuisance for, for people within the vicinity of, of slurry bin spread as well. Okay, so a very valuable fertilizer and well worth looking at as your, your neighbouring pig farmers are. Where where can... Um, yeah. the, the, the other area, yeah. Kieran, sorry, just for cutting across you there, I should have said that, you know, in um, fertilizer figures, each thousand gallons of pig slurry is, is the equivalent of a bag of 19... 720 so 19 units of nitrogen seven units of phosphorus and 20 units of potash so a uh, thousand gallons is a bag is the equivalent of a bag of 19720 and you know that's that's kind of the element of working out that figure of 58 euros per thousand gallons um, in in terms of the nutrient value of that story. very good and just f- final one there I was just about to ask you um farmers that mightn't be familiar with with their local pig farms or, or know of them or what what can they do about finding out uh, where to source slurry from from a pig farm well, I, I would say um, if they want to talk to anyone within the locality, whether it's the Chagas pig advisor or make contact directly with the with the pig farmer, there there generally isn't a problem um, signing up to take pig story. In in reality, the most positive thing a farmer can do is work out the amount of story that they need uh, at the start of the year. And given these new rules and regulations that have come in, they really need to be, uh, you know, doing that now so that if they have the soil test, when they have the soil testing done, rather than coming back later in the year uh, and finding that they should soil test and all of their land is is index four. So the logical thing to do is you could assume index three for phosphorus up to now that that uh, sort of is no longer available to, to, to tillage farms are two farms above 130 kilos organic nitrogen. So it's important really to, you know, plan plan ahead, uh, you know, find out what what level of slurry, of pig slurry uh, you could use. And um, if you have to soil test your land, get it done sooner rather than later and go. And they, there won't be any problem if they want to talk to the Chagas advisor covering that area. That's not, uh, you know, the Chagas pig advisor covering that area. Um, they will know all the pig farms within the locality or if they want to uh, talk directly to the farmers, there generally won't be a problem, uh, particularly if they come and are able to tell the pig farmer how much slurry they're able to import 
for the coming year. Excellent, yeah. And you'll get the contact details of, of the, the Chagas Pig Advisors on our website, www.chagas.ie forward slash pigs. Uh, you'll find the, the, the contact details there if anybody listening would like to, to find out a little bit more. Um, Ger, as ever, brilliant information there again today. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Kieran. That's it for the latest episode of The Pig Edge, and my thanks to George McCutcheon for joining me on the show. Don't forget to tune into The Pig Edge for all your pig production news, and don't forget to rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a show. And for more information on farming, go to chagas.ie. I'm Kieran Carl, and thanks for listening. <laughs>